Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, everyone. This is weird. Very weird. My first live stream. And this is another episode of the podcast. This is going to be the first live one. And I stumbled across something this week that I thought would be pretty funny. And I thought I'd get someone else to come in and talk about it. So I have Mr. James Cottingham from DK Engineering. He's going to come in. Hello, James. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Welcome. I'm just going to check on my iPad. Do you, know, do you know last time that when I came on your, when we recorded that podcast, mm. must have been about a year ago. Was it? Like maybe oh, 11 yeah. and a half months ago. Because, and i tell you why, because I remember the day we did it, it was a Friday, and I remember that everything was really kicking off, or maybe it was a Thursday, but everything was kicking off. And I, and I, I remember thinking, by the time this comes out, the world could be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think... You uh, and you guys have throughout been super, super, super careful. And this was just at the very, very beginning. I came and saw you and you were like, okay, and we were very sensible or whatever. And then I think the day after you got ill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I actually at the NHS, I did one of those antibody tests again yesterday to see if I've ever had it. Um, And it says not. But um, but I definitely, you know, straight after that, I really felt unwell for two or three weeks. But it could have been the pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's hard. It's, it's mum and dad say, you know, 40 something years of business. It's something we've never, ever been through. Yeah. And you, you get things thrown at you. And even today I, would, I had a situation with something where I thought I've learned this lesson before, but I've forgotten it, but nothing really could have prepared us for a year ago. And the reason I think it's about a year ago is because it was just after Retromobile, which should be happening right yeah. now. All you know, these we events. Should, <laughs> we should be there right now. And, uh, and, and, you know, again, sort of six months ago, if you said to me, would Retroville happen? I would have thought probably yes. Yeah. But if you, But today, I mean, it just, you know, never going to happen. No, it's so, mad. Uh, 
So let's get on. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to turn this into an hour and a half, but you never know. Um, So this week, and I and I sent it to you, and you were like, "What the hell is this about?" Um, In in a in a forum, I'm surprised I hadn't picked up on it myself. Yeah, I got sent. I got sent it by someone who you've dealt with. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but (laughs) another one of your customers. And I got this message in my inbox, and it was like, have you seen this? It's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, at the moment, there are two Ferrari F40s listed for sale online with the same VIN number. <laughs> so I'm, and through the joys of media and the internet, I'm not going to say where they're listed because actually one of them has been since taken down and I believe... They are doing everything they can to rectify this. They were not aware. Let's just, I'll just leave them out of it. But, okay, let's, I can add it through this. We can get up to here and we'll show you some pictures of these two cars. Here's one of them. You may have come across this one before. This is a very light blue F40 with some leather seats. Cool um, car. And as we're flicking through, these are the details for that car. Interestingly, this has been pointed out to me. It has a blue plate with the VIN number on there. Have you come yeah, across I, that before? It, well, yes and no. Um, have I seen a blue plate before? I have to go through the 500 F40 folders we've got <laughs> to tell you. Because, um, you know, I think probably last year, start of, we clicked over 200 sales yeah. of F40s. And obviously, they get offered all the time. Um can I can I remember seeing a blue plaque? I can't say I do, but I have seen a green one. Okay. So, you know, generally they're black, but I have seen a green one. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's a car that came across my desk that I have sold in the past. Um, and it came across my desk the other day. And, you know, <laughs> I can't tell you why it's green. I can't tell you why that's blue. But, you know, it, it, it's interesting, but it's not something that immediately yeah. makes alarm on, bells ring. On your green car, did everything for that car check out? Yeah, I, th- I, I think so. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, to I, the best of yes, your knowledge. To the best of your knowledge. We've, we've sold it in the past, so it must have. Um, yeah, and I'm sure it's certified. And it's it's one of those cars that I sold 10 years ago that's probably been back twice. Mm. And it's a car And it's a car recently that, that we were looking at again. So it's definitely not a car that I have an issue with. Yeah, um, yeah. And there are, you know, look, there, there are F40s out there that I do have issue with. And yeah. there are... You know, the, the, as I keep saying to people, the spread of values today is £750,000. And, you know, mm. the most expensive F40 it's the price is... the of an F40. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, the, the most valuable F40 is over £1.5 million. Pounds. Well, actually, there are F40s obviously worth more, but just for all intents and purposes, a straightforward you know, customer car with low mileage right spec is over yeah. one and a half, And a car with a difficult history or a very, very, very high mileage... Um, you know, is somewhere between five and seven fifty, mm. and and you know, uh, even if you bought a project car, it's it's still going to be half a million quid as a you know pile of bits. Yeah, um, yeah, because so, at the end of the day, it's, it's an F forty engine is an F forty engine, whether it's entirely matching up, which is what we shall look into with this one, or just a little bit. So, so you, then, you you know, you will have cars with issues. That's where I was getting to with with, the, with all of this. There will yeah. be. Negatives, and and one of those negatives could be that it's done one hundred and fifty thousand kilometres. You know that car is clearly not going to be. You know, it's going to be a fraction of the value of the car that's done two thousand kilometres from you. Whether you're a, 
a hater or a lover of low mileage, it, it, what is true and cannot be changed is that that car is more valuable than the 150,000 kilometer car. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like the parts wear out, all the stuff, whatever. A low mileage one is always going to be worth more than a high mileage yeah. one. Unless there's, yeah, if there's unless, only one. <laughs> unless it was Gianni Agnelli's car, of course, you know, or, or whatever. But or, um, or Yeah, so, so this story, this came up in a, in a chat on a forum. And these two cars theoretically have the same chassis number. So here's the chassis plate on the other car. Um, it's in a few places. This is this comes in later later, but they have the same number nine zero nine six nine, which <laughs> has caused a lot of confusion and some questions to be asked. And, and I'll point out now, furthermore, you know, more moreover, what you sent me the other day, uh, I haven't looked into this at all. Okay. So you're going to have to educate me a little bit, okay? Because, well, I, because I've actually just I've been really busy, and I you know. I, I know what I need to know already because you yeah. told me. Um, I, I'll give you what I've learned. So, and I think that and we can we can go from there, and then and then we can talk yeah. about just the general concept of because because the first question I would ask going further, and I didn't want to bother asking the other day because we can talk about it now. But you know, obviously, an F forty has the chassis number in three clear places. Yeah, you've got where that tag is in the engine bay, which clearly is a riveted on item. So. Could be confused. And then you have the chassis number. These both... Oh, right. Okay. These are the two cars, side by side. So, things... Well, I mean, the, the, the bottom one... Uh, and maybe I... Well, I have to be careful what I say, but the bottom one immediately jumps out as looking a bit strange. Yes. So, the things that have been highlighted... Now, the, actually, the shape of the cutout is not necessarily some people have said that that could be yeah. a thing but it sounds from what i can tell no. it's an italian thing they yeah, were all done, done, done differently done by a bloke you know yeah. they they were made in a batch they're putting the cars together this one needs the front wheel well needs the whole cutting for the chassis number you know it's not going to be the same guy that did all 1315 and if even if it was he's not gonna well he's gonna get better at it isn't he yeah, yeah. and if that was his <laughs> job he's probably if that was his job in the first place well he's probably pretty low down the pecking order yeah, yeah, yeah. So the things that were pointed out on these these two chassis plates, the one at the top is stamped for the first, I don't know, 15 digits or something. And then yeah. the 090969 or whatever it is, 90969 was hand stamped. And I believe they are all like that generally. Um, so it immediately looks a bit funny. But the zero is um, funny on the bottom one. Yeah, it, it all looks a bit... The bottom one, and then also you can, if you can see now, I, I can't tell, I can't tell tons from this, but it looks like a plate has been spot welded in. No, uh, that's how or the chassis is just... made there. So there's, there's, if you took that spare wheel well off, yeah, and I, you know, correct me, I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure there's a, a triangulation piece that's welded across that corner, okay, where yeah. that chassis number is. So I think, you know, so obviously there's a plate there that has been, as you say has probably been welded in as part of the manufacturing process of the car. And, and later on, the last yeah. digits have been added um, as part of the build sequence. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, especially in the Porsche world, it's not uncommon for whole panels to have been cut out in the past and new ones let in that are blank yeah. that then get restamped. But, yeah. but you know, not, not knowing which car's which, certainly the, the, the bottom one, does jump out at me immediately and yeah. it could be the flash but it but the zeros look weird 
Yeah, yeah. So that was something that's was brought out. The, and in fact, um, actually, isn't the four different? ZFGJ34B. The four is completely different. Yeah, and there's also the thinking that almost the top one, which is ZFF, and then it's almost like it's a C or a weird G. It's just a weird G. But yeah, it's ZFFGJ3. Then the four is weird. It's in like a funny place. Um, and my understanding, and I. I've looked into it a little bit and is the the first section of them are stamped by a machine. Yeah. And then the last, whatever it is, four or five are the unique code for that car, essentially. And they're done by hand. Um, so the, the first batch should all look pretty uniform, which is a bit odd. It's a bit odd on that one. Um, so then there's a guy, as you well know, called Mr. Massini. Yeah. Who, uh, who knows his stuff. He is the man to go to in terms of Ferrari history. And he provided some information on on these cars. So he's uh, looked at this, has he? He's looked at this. He's a okay. regular poster on this forum. And he came up. So you have the chassis number and then you have other parts of the car. So you have the assembly number and all of these other bits and then body numbers and stuff like that. And the assembly, he knows... He has, from somewhere, he has the official numbers, like which chassis should be with which assembly number. Right, okay. And the blue car has a different assembly number to the chassis number that is on the car, which is odd. Uh, so, the, so the, okay, the blue car, the assembly number doesn't match up. It doesn't match correctly. Right. And the chassis number on the steering wheel, which I don't think I've got a picture here, Um well, you, you'll be able to see on my mouse, I think, the people that can see. I don't know yeah, so you've got three mouse. places. You've got steering, because we didn't cover that. You've got steering yeah. column, you've got chassis, and you've got that plate. So the steering column, um, which is a machined item, that is. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's a machined, it's not stamped by hand, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that one is the same. It looks a bit... This, it's funny what people you get people on the internet looking at everyone's like looking at reflections in different photos to see different angles on things and all that stuff but it it sort of sounds like that this blue car is possibly bits of cars or had a crash and something has been put back together that's the consensus is it i think that's it's a reasonable so I have to be. I, I, I have to be careful. I, I wouldn't want to cast judgment on no actual cars, you know. So the, yeah, the issue yeah, yeah. is the issue is here that that car is blue, so it's quite identifiable. Um, um. But but yes, it's. I don't know for sure, but those things there are things on it that don't seem to the, the numbers that should match don't match, and then even actually everyone in the forum starts looking into the authenticity of the red car as well like whether that is the car that it says it is. Um, and that they're still working on that, but it seems it seems to fit most of the things. Um, but there was a car, and this name got thrown around, that crashed. And both of these cars have been linked to Australia in their history. This has possibly been... One is in, in Australia, um, and one is said to have been to do with Australia, but we're not sure whether that's actually the case. Well, on the Cannibal Run in 1994, a car crashed, a Japanese car in Australia, totally got really quite 
and significantly crashed and unfortunately a bunch of people died um but there's a but there's a possibility that this is the car so that that car was in the uk uh, 15 years ago um and i know that car but i can't remember well anyway the details but yeah i could i could find it yeah but But, i remember um, that car very well and am i right in thinking that both the guys in the car died and someone at the side of the road yeah yeah it was yeah both really people sad. in the car and then two marsh people marshalling the event yeah it's it was really quite unfortunate but um yeah it seems to be a whole bunch of funny stuff about australia um <laughs> with these two <laughs> so yeah it's just it's really tenuous link <laughs> yeah and since since this has sort of come out the yeah the dealers pulled it down and I think are doing their own investigations into XYZ. I know there was a guy who was going to buy the car and he's no longer buying the car or at least looking into it. Um, I mean, what's what's for sure is this. Um, certainly the owner of the blue car at the moment and whoever was trying to sell it at the time and has sold it, probably the person who sold it to, to the current owner, have had no idea about this. Yeah, very possible. You know, from, from the little that I know about it, I'm I'm almost certain that, that would be the case, and it does feel like whatever's happened happened a long time ago. Yeah, and I, you know when you when you're involved in these valuable cars, you know like this, especially an F40, which is so sought after, you can well imagine at some point in time someone, as you sort of alluded to, had some bits, and uh, and 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 you know I'm I'm not casting any sort of judgment on either car, but clearly. It's not right that there are two cars with the same chassis number. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's actually beyond the possibility that two cars did roll out the factory with the same chassis number. Well, that's it. You know, that is possible. That is possible. But from the few bits and pieces you've shown me, my professional opinion uh, is that one of those chassis numbers certainly didn't look right. Um, and therefore, it sort of does hint towards, you know, the other scenario whereby someone has built up their dream. And yeah. at some point that's been sold on. And then at some point it's been sold or something that it actually yeah. isn't. Um, and, and that's not new. You know, that has mm. been happening for 70 years, maybe more actually. I mean, race teams were famous for it. Race teams yeah. were, when, when, you know, and this, <laughs> you could well imagine this happening again with the whole Brexit mess that we've got now. But in the days of Carnies, you know, te- race teams would have a car that was damaged at a race meeting and then the next weekend would need to be out racing and they had the spare car at the office and let's say it was France and the race was in Italy. Yeah. Well, they'd go back to France and they'd swap the IDs because they've got the carne they've paid the taxes on. So they'd swap the IDs so that they were racing the same identity the next weekend <laughs> just to save paperwork, not trying to do anything. Well, probably trying to avoid some taxes of some description, yeah. but, but that, you know, that's a, a well-known fact. And, and that happened with race teams, you know, when we, before the EU and, when carnets were really complicated and expensive, that, that people often swapped identities. And so, you know, with time, there's been confused race histories and identities of historic cars, especially competition cars, um, as a result of that. So it's not, an un, it's not unfamiliar territory. Mm. And, you know, equally, we had a, a 250 LM, a, a long, well, we sold it in 2013, I think. But we had it seven years. And when we originally bought it, we bought it to sell and didn't ever imagine owning it for seven years. But the problem yeah. arose where there was a replica out there that claimed the same number. 
that had been, and the long story short is, the owner, the owner at the time of that had built his dream car from some parts. And the major component, two components he had were an engine mm. for that chassis number and crucially a, a, a length of tube that was, you know, this long that had the chassis number on it. Okay. And the rest of it was all new, but you know, with, with the course of time and painting a better picture of his baby, yeah. it, it was, I had half the chassis. And um, and we had a long, difficult period where we were trying to get our car, which we deemed to be the real car, albeit yeah. much in this Class K certified. And we could not get it Class K certified. So we, we ended up having to buy the replica for a big price. Wow. And we were, you know, once they're side by side, it's up to us, which is, you know, which are the better pieces and which yeah. are not. And uh, Marcel Massini actually was super helpful in that situation and was on on, seat, you know, on site with us to help us to sort of document what we were doing. And we metal tested both chassis at the same time. And we determined that actually the guy who had built the car around the original engine and he claimed half the chassis, the yeah. only tube that had the right metallurgy, which meant that it was steel from Italy from the 60s, yeah. actually, uh, and, and the rest of the chassis was steel with a very low chromium content. So it was American made. Um, the only tube was that one tube. So we were able to say to Ferrari at that point in time, okay, we own both cars now. We've swapped the original engine into our car. So now we've got the original chassis yeah. with the original engine. And his car has got just this one tube. And it they both went down to Ferrari. And six months later, they sent us a picture of the replica chassis cut up into a million pieces, but with that one tube yeah. removed and, and, <laughs> and transferred over to the other. So, you know, this has happened in the past. And uh, you know, we've got absolutely yeah. hands-on, first-hand experience. And, uh, and, you know, and it was the chassis number. He had the chassis number and he had the engine. So he had two really important That's things. That's mad, yeah. But we had the rest of the car, uh, albeit rebodied, because the reason this had all happened is that in 60, like 68 or 69, when the car was on the road in, in, in Hollywood, it had caught fire. So it had a big fire and it was a write-off because they were worth yeah. not, you know, nothing like what they're worth today. And the bits had been parted out. So someone had ended up with the majority of it in the engine and a few other bits and pieces had ended up elsewhere. And the story behind why that particular tube was separated from the original chassis frame is really simple. That number is very far back on the chassis frame. If you look at 250LM, it's actually the back of the chassis frame. Right. Everything that's behind that is just body support tubes. And when the guy had come to pick up the chassis and all the other bits and pieces when he bought it, it's too long to fit in his pickup truck. So he had, <laughs> cut, he had cut the last you know, half yeah. a foot off the car or foot, which crucially had the rear suspension pickup points and at the top of those the chassis number so Amazing. you know so after let's say uh you know nearly 50 years of this of this separation we had reunited the bits with the help of ferrari and and, and you know pure you know purified the car once again had it class k certified and then long story short the car sold at auction and and the, and the situation worked out quite well for us because the market had grown so much between yeah. 2000 and seven or eight when we had originally entered into this project and 2013 when we when we eventually exited um if it hadn't been for the market movement we would have been you know seriously yeah. in the water with it that's such but a tricky it, one with um, was, sorry carry on I, I always remember when we were trying to to buy the replica we you said you know we'd done all our research and somewhere next to my desk here i've got you know a big thick book that we did and i remember saying to the guy you were on a conference call with this this guy called toby from from you know, Georgia, I think it's from in America. Very, you know, lot, you know, big drinker, big, big sort of big personality. And uh, 
and we started talking about it, you know, softly you say, well, obviously our car is the original chassis. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> stop there. I won't call your baby ugly if you don't call my baby ugly. <laughs> and I always remember that because it's actually really true. You know, when you've got it, it's the best thing there is and it's definitely better than everyone yeah. else's. You know, a bit like if I've got an F40 for sale and someone else has got one that's a similar mileage and the price is similar. You know, my car, naturally, it's human nature, will be better for some reason. And yeah. so the only way to solve that situation was for the cars to be joined. Um, and, you know, I've no doubt that, that this whole situation probably stems from from that sort of similar situation. Someone's had yeah, some bits. And, totally. You know, I can't imagine that in this day and age, someone's fabricated a car from nothing. Yeah. You know, there, there, there must be a reason that this has happened. So tell me more about what Marcel said. Well, so he, he did an extensive list of like, what's, what's this? What's that? What's the assembly number? Blah, 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 blah. He, because it's him, wants to know even more about the Australian car. Like the one that's, it's possibly the same car because he's like, well, I'm not even sure that that one's the real one. Like, send me loads of pictures. And um, the owner of the red car is in the forum. It seems like everyone's in this forum um, and talking about it. And it, it, it seems like that one is what it says. But I, I'm not an expert. I don't know. But I, it seems like it is. And well, at least one thing about both cars, I think they are both in like very good condition. The... Uh, Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Um, The blue one, I think, was made blue like my car as an assy so sort of done properly um and all that sort of stuff but it's difficult like you say i, I without this is absolutely something i am not an expert I, on I, in any I, way, I, I guess or are, are either car is either car class k certified i believe I, the blue one is right okay and <laughs> Well, I that probably answers some questions then in terms of what does it say about the engine in the Class K certification? Is it the original or is it not? It probably says it is the original. So, and I'm I, I'm being you know I'm, this is a, 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 a theory, and I'm not saying this is what's happened, but you know that's possibly what's happened is that someone's ended up with the engine at some mm-hmm. point, and that the other car might not have the engine, and it's very similar to my 250 LM scenario, yeah, yeah. Um, and that someone you know, has, yeah, somehow worked out that it's this car. And there's so much that could have happened, you know, but um, 
It'd be interesting to know. It'd be interesting to know the full full story. And, and, and this this is the internet, isn't it? You know, in terms of you talking about this forum, and, and obviously there are some noted experts and real, you know, proper proper people on there, such as Marcel, who you could argue is is the most powerful Ferrari historian in the world. You do not, you know, you, you want to be friends with Marcel, and you respect his opinion. I certainly do, and you know, I rely on him a lot for for especially with the older cars. If there's a thin history file and that's something else that we could come on to in a minute. Um, you know, he's so helpful. He's been doing it for a long, wrong, a long time. Doesn't mean yeah. that he can't yeah. get things wrong and he will admit, you know, sometimes gets it wrong, but you build evidence, you put data together and you work out what's happened. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, I feel really, really bad for all the owners involved because oh, nice, like I said, there's probably whatever has happened and clearly something's happened, probably happened 20 years ago before forums existed before the internet was as powerful as it is before you know instagram etc cetera, etc cetera. and um and 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 they will all be have been completely oblivious to what's happened here and and there's no accountability there's no way of tracking this back to pointing the finger at someone um and it's it's you know it really dilutes the enjoyment of owning cars like this but it but it you know it adds to the reasons why you do need to do your due diligence. And I'm not saying they didn't do their due diligence, but clearly, you know, that something's happened there. And, uh, and these, these situations, you know, I think it's such a big thing this week because they don't happen anymore because of the internet. But when they do happen, someone's really going to be really unfortunate and, and really, you know, lose out big time. And, um, you know, I really stress, I don't think it's a reflection on the owners of any of the cars and the people that are selling the cars, especially if they're class K certified and, especially if there's no existing thread on, on yeah. you know, the yeah. forums that you mentioned regarding those chassis numbers. You know, this is, this is 2021. You would have thought that if this situation had, had, you know, well, you would have thought this situation would have been uncovered soon. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, totally. It's surprising. Really surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I'm getting an echo. Have you got headphones? Uh, no. Okay. No <laughs> I think it's. I think it's somewhat okay. I'm getting a little bit of feedback somewhere, but I think yeah, the blue one. There's questions. Um, the it is sort of is what it is. I think it's just a shame that for someone somewhere down the line is is getting stuffed probably. Yeah, and. Um... You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish that situation on anyone. And you know, how do you deal with it going forwards? Well, there's there's lots of different avenues, but for sure, I think what's really important is that people don't, you know, forget to to remember that someone's invest. You know, people have invested in both those cars and would have invested a huge amount of money in both those cars, and potentially stand to 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 be in a in a really frankly crap situation. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything that anyone involved the car dealers or the owners involved in the last 10 years could have done to avoid that situation, especially if, like you say, one of them's Class K certified. You know, that's, you know, they can't get everything right. They don't know exactly what's happened. They don't have trackers on these cars. So so Ferrari can't, can't be accountable yeah. for, 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 you know, what other people have done. And, you know, I guess forgery, which this is, I guess, it could be potentially a form of, you know, the guys that do that sort of stuff uh, uh, know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, it's it's it, uh, you know, just to go back to what I was saying, it, it's actually it's not a new story. It's just that we just never hear of it these days because the instant the power of the internet has filtered all of these situations out, and mm. people have got to be ever so careful about how they represent things. Um, you know, and, and look, we all get it wrong. You know, we we are forever. You know, every year there's there's a car where we've made a mistake, whether it be, you know, it turns out the engine's not the original engine, but it had been very well, you know, the number had been yeah. very well manipulated, or um, it turns out that, you know, the car had an accident 25 years ago and it was covered up and no one knew, or, you know, as, as Henry Pimman always said to me, every day is a school day. And I always, <laughs> you know, every day I learn something new. And like I said earlier on, I also remember, you know, have a or experience a new lesson every day that I've actually experienced in the past, but I forgot. Yeah, and totally. um, yeah, tricky. No, but, have, you, um, have you um have you seen some like what's the weirdest thing? Okay, actually, your two hundred and fifty LM story is quite good. You've come across from Ferraris, let's say older Ferraris, because you know how we were saying there's a very there is a possibility that they both have the same chassis number. Like, okay, unlikely, blah, 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 blah. But like, have you seen unlikely, some weird stuff I, on older cars? I'm, I'm sure that in the past I've, I've read something about two cars with the same chassis number that had lived lives from new with exactly the same chassis number, you know, Ferraris. I'm sure that is a, I'm sure that has happened possibly on more than one occasion. Again, Marcel's the man to ask on that. Um, but, you, you know, you... It's 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 it usually comes down to people, yeah, starting with a bit of a project, and you know it, it doesn't take much for two people to have projects. And we, you know, as I said, we see it with historic competition cars all the time: GT40s, Jaguar D-types, um, not so much Ferraris actually, but you know those those other sort of lesser marks, but really great cars mm. where it's been exactly that. You know, someone's had a project, and some parts have gone this way, and some parts have gone that way. Um, the reason that you don't normally see it with Ferraris is because they've always been so well documented. From the moment people started writing books about cars, Ferrari was always the number one choice. And then after that, and you know, the, you know, there's, there's always, um, there are always uh, people that? out there that are, yeah, it's, it's actually a 599 SA Aperta, but with nice. a GTO exhaust. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's nothing new. You know, it's 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 happened over the years and it's and it generally is around racing cars and it doesn't happen around Ferraris so much. And like I said, you know, already these things are generally filtered out over the years and it's it's surprising to have this situation, really surprising. Yeah, and like the chance of this actually getting seen, it only I think it's only got seen really because they were both for sale at the same time. And Quite there's right. just some eagle-eyed yeah. someone, I imagine someone was looking to buy a car, came across both, looked at both and was, like, yeah. and was like, hang on a minute, Confused. this is weird. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the other way that this always sort of rears its head is auctions because the auction auction house always has the chassis number and it's always very Googleable. Yes. And so then suddenly, you know, someone will be looking at a car that's for sale and they Google the chassis number and up comes an auction that they don't, isn't in the history file so oh hang on oh it was hang on it couldn't have been because it was in england <laughs> yeah you know so that happens and it's yeah it's just a very very you yeah, know it's 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 not like i said it's not uncommon and generally it was done a long time ago but yeah um, yeah the ferrari world and today it's really unusual do you post 
chassis numbers and stuff like that in your postings when you're putting something for sale or not? It's an interesting one. Um, we actually don't because, and it's not, there are a number of reasons we don't. I mean, we sometimes we do and sometimes it's obvious, but something like an F40, I wouldn't. Um, more from a security point of view, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's respect. Generally, it's a bit like the POA a- a- argument. You know, if you're really interested in the car, you'll get in contact and you'll find out all the information. Yeah. And if you really want the price, you do. And a lot of people are very private and they and someone might know that that's their particular that's their car, car to sell. Yeah. And, and so they don't want everyone to know how much money it is because their mates from the pub and their neighbours know it's a Ferrari, but they don't realise it's a million-pound car. And it's the same with, with a, a chassis number that people, you know, I find that some of our clients are a bit more, private about it so we don't always advertise it and we lose out big time because obviously if you're you know if you've got a 250 short wheelbase that you've sold and then someone's been offered it 10 years later you want them to search it and be drawn to dk's website well unfortunately we lose out from that point of view because um because we don't always publish the, the chassis numbers but it really it's a privacy thing and it's something that i had a few clients a number of years ago saying please can you not you know not not put the chassis number yeah, um, you know, totally. it comes back comes back to you know how many people actually call me when they're interested in the car now. Not many. You know, they'll text me first or email us through the website. And out of the email inquiries that we get via the website, I would say that ninety five percent of people we reply to, we never hear from again. Yeah. And then you know our CRM these days, it tells you how many times you've heard from them before, and, and it and it links back their rating as a client. Yeah. So you do sort of say, actually, are you just harvesting here? Because there's an awful lot of harvesting that happens where people are just trying to accumulate data. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you need to question why. Because, again, the internet's a bit of can be a bit of a dark place. Yeah, for all sorts of reasons. But I think most most buyers will track the market for whatever, six months, a year or, or longer. Um, and they'll take that information off you put it into their system, you know, so they can check all the cars and whatnot. There's, I've always had different reasons for doing POA on a website. As, as someone that likes browsing and seeing what's what, it always annoys me. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy nowadays to just call up and say, how much is it? Even if I'm like, kind of have no interest really in buying it. I just want to know how much it is. Yeah. And again, you know, there, there are apps like Hammer App and, or Hammer Price or whatever it's called, you know, where you can quickly get a feeling for what cars are worth and if it is if it is really special then it deserves a phone call yeah and and you know i I, every now and again we we get a bit of hate sort of comment or hate hate mail about it and and it's it really is like there are so many different reasons why cars will be poa and yeah totally one of the main reasons is we want to engage with people again we want to get away from this people hiding behind keyboards and, and not actually engaging with you and especially if they're someone that's wanting to buy, because part of our job is to make sure people buy the right thing. And they may look at something, it might not actually be the right car for them. And we need to have a conversation to really sort of get down to the nitty gritty. Mm. So, I mean, POA, yeah, it's a, it's a, my, it's a great topic. And my, I'm very much, I am POA. Like I, yeah. you know, most of our cars are POA and I will stand by that. And again, you know, displaying chassis numbers and reg numbers, you know, I don't, I, I, I think it's, it's, um, I think it's important to sort of, you know, make people engage with you. If they really are, if you really do want to buy a car, you will engage, won't you? So as you've admitted, people will summarise, if you're buying an F40, you'll summarise all the cars for sale and their pluses and negatives and rate them. Unless you just want to save yourself six months, you'll come to DK and buy your F40 from us. <laughs> <laughs> Although you didn't. 
I didn't. I didn't. But mine, I think if I put mine for sale, everyone would be able to track it back to me quite quickly with, with or without yeah. a plate. <laughs> and that's, you know, again, that's a really unfortunate situation. Well, part of this situation is that, you know, it's so identifiable, that car. But, um, yeah, it's but definitely not what, it's not, it's certainly not the reason why he would have painted it in the first place, as we know. Um, and again, I just feel so bad for, for everyone that, that has been involved in this. That, yeah. You know, because it definitely would have been someone else's doing years ago. Because I've met the owner of that yeah, so car. Far. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. You know, and, and I don't know whether he's mean... the current owner. I, I think I, I met the guy that made it blue. Yeah, I don't know if he is the current owner or not, but yeah. but that chap, you know, super nice guy, definitely doesn't need to to have a discounted F40 because it, it certainly wouldn't have been a discounted F40. Yeah. So it's just a lot of in, innocent people that have been dragged into it. And it is. Uh, yeah, and and the money. I, I don't know so what the big. solution is. The money's just so big on these things now that like you can even have like okay, maybe not that car, but. You can have a car that as a driving experience, like it could be a mint car, but there's just something a bit off on this yeah. ticking, ticking one box or another, and it's worth a lot less, like you said. But as a also, driving experience... There's less. also th- there's a threshold of um, when a car gets to a certain value that you care more about certain criteria. Yeah. And that's definitely true. You know, if you thought of, if you think about people buying a car that's very close to your heart, Gen Two GT3 RSs, they're they yeah. Who actually who's bought one in the last two years has said before I buy it, can you confirm that it's your matching numbers engine? You know, <laughs> yeah. Probably one in twenty people ask that question. Yeah, because it's because a they're not notorious, but it's not you know it's not not happened. Especially we know with the nine nine ones that loads yeah. of them had new engines. Yeah, it's you would want the original engine. But if it was a million pound car, you probably would ask, wouldn't you? And there is, you know, and I've been caught out in the past where we've sold cars when they were two hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Ferraris from the sixties didn't, and this is this wouldn't happen now. But you know, we didn't check the numbers because people weren't as hot on it. And then, literally two years later, someone said, "Oh, I've come to sell the car, and by the way, it turns out the engine's not the original." And you're like, "I had no idea." <laughs> yeah. But we had to we had to wear that problem because because of who we are, and. And it, and it goes to show that, you know, it is really important to, to not only do your due, due diligence, but to buy from the right people. Well, yeah, that well, was going to be one of my things. Like, at least if you buy from someone who's legit or seems as legit as possible, then if you bought the car and something was massively wrong with it and they've been around for a while, they should help you resolve this issue. Depending on circumstance, I agree. Yeah, but depends. And, yes. and and also, you know, you you have to remember that there are very different ways of going about buying and selling cars, and equally, um, there are um, uh, different ways in paying for cars, which I think a lot of people don't appreciate. Yeah. You know, who who are you sending your money to? You know, some people would be funny about sending their money to a dealer as opposed to I want to just send it to the to the end user, but you know actually who gives you more security so yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a key point and i think it's it's definitely something that no one's really sort of explored and, and i think with different ways of selling cars that are out there today and a good friend of mine will hate me for saying this but it's something that is just waiting to happen that there could be a situation whereby because they bought it via a certain 
method of buying yeah. cars. I can't use the platform word, but <laughs> the method of, of buying cars that someone, you know, will end up paying the guy for a car directly. And actually it turns out to not be what it is. And there's a big problem yeah. there. And there's no one in the middle to, to say, actually, you need to help me sort this out. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you don't want this situation and you, you don't want it with any car, let alone a car that's a million pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, car, you know, in some ways it's, it's, it's easier for it to happen. And, and in other ways it's easier for it to not happen because cars are so well sort of, you know, with HPI and Classic A and Marcel Mercedes and the various dealers and history files and the main, the fact that you do need to maintain them, it's a lot easier to sort of get a broad overview of that particular car. Yeah. But, but something like a watch, you know, I, I look at the watch industry and think I'd love to get involved in that, but I don't know enough. And it scares me because it's so easy for, for something to not be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, and then again, Instagram's so powerful today, all these cars, you know, we've got Luke in the office here who's, who's brilliant at sort of telling me about cars that I'm offered, where he says, oh, yeah, there's a, I remember that car and he'll find it. And he'll suddenly give me all this information about when this car was seen at X track day, up the King's Road, doing this, doing that. But yeah. in the past, you couldn't have. Now, you're not going to get a load of photos of people's watches on people's wrists at certain events and being in the sea or whatever. That's not going to happen. No, watches um, is, is a tricky one. And it's, like you said, it's it's really difficult to find out these things. Like, there are so many people out there swapping bits and XYZ and blah, 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 blah. You've just got to, I think, like anything, you've got to buy buy from someone you trust and hopefully they'll hang around or or it's just you know your things but the the car one's funny if i drive my f40 anywhere pretty much anywhere i'll get a message saying i saw your car yeah which well, is a bit weird <laughs> yeah although i like it no I, I don't i don't think them doing it is weird i think it's it's a weird situation to drive your car and pretty much guaranteed that someone's going to send you a message to say it's quite cool i like that people see it and they enjoy it and all of that stuff but it's a bit weird that everyone kind of knows that's you with that car okay it's quite distinctive i did set myself up for that one you did you did (laughs) and you know and if you lived somewhere really public you know that that's that i do sort of struggle with that slightly that people and, and actually people think about dk but you've been here you know we are our offices are here but the cars are everywhere places, within a, yeah. within a five mile radius. You know they're all over the place. It's very little here at base, and um, you know it's a concern, isn't it? But then again, what are they going to do with it? You know, if something did happen, they're not going to get very far. They're definitely not going to get very far in your car. No, that and there was a case ooh, a couple of years ago. Do you remember, or did you come across a guy called Seb Delaney? He was a sort of YouTuber in the UK and he moved to France. Anyway, a young guy. His car got stolen in Paris. He got robbed at gunpoint. I can't remember what it was. An Elise, maybe? Okay. And social media tracked it down. Like, a couple of people and they... I think Tim did a lot of work on it. uh, Just like asking people and stuff. And yeah, the guy eventually just ditched the car because... It was like he'd stop at a petrol station and then four people would take a picture and be like, it's at the petrol station. It's amazing. Which yeah. is mad. Yeah. I, again, you know, the, the internet, it's, it's, uh, we all love it, but it, it, it it's dangerous in other ways. As well. But it definitely brings its own security issues. Like I've, yeah. I've had people follow me back to my house 
and like just nice nice people young people want to take photos or whatever like look just i actually live in a different place now but before it was you could sort of see where i lived and i was like i don't want a picture of this car this my car outside my house i will never post a picture of my car outside my house like it's just yeah. not, it's just tricky isn't it yeah but uh, you know these cars they can't they can't sort of blend into the surroundings anymore um it just it'll be so public and you know that all you'd have to do is if a car if an f40 for example is stolen you google the chassis number it comes up very quickly uh you know so everything that happens post instagram and forums it's very well documented at the uh, at a google search which again is, is is a slight risk because sometimes people do state incorrect facts and things that are wrong yeah and uh you know and we've all been at the sort of at the wrong end of that where people have said something about something and it's incorrect and it's it's there forever yeah and then you've got then you've got the age-old do i wade in and, and get involved or not and you know the rule of not getting involved is uh is there but the particular forum you're you're referring to about this situation, you should look up the 250LM thread. It's quite interesting. I'll have a look. 6045 was the chatting number. It's a, you know, it's a great yeah. car now, but, you know, and we, and, and we, I was so passionate about it at the time and we did so much research that we knew, you know, and with Marcel's help, we knew exactly what we had at the end of it. And so did Ferrari and they were happy to, you know, re, re-restore it for us and, and put their seal of approval on, which was a certificate. And, um, and you know, it's a great car. It is a great mm. car. Um, but it, it had a difficult history that's been ironed out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, I think we've pretty covered most of, the, most of those things. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on this live version of the podcast. It will go up in audio format soon. And, um, yeah, I hopefully see you soon at some point. Yeah, and you. And I, I hope that the guys with the cars get it sorted out yeah i'm sure well, that's I'm sure. too much of a headache yeah i'm sure something will happen these, the, i must say these things do have a habit of sorting themselves out at the end of the day still an f40 and still a great car so exactly. i'm sure i'm sure with the right advice and the right you know people just getting their heads together that it'll sort it out yeah i get worked out cool yeah well, thanks very much even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.